from you today. Thank you for being here. We're always so, so honored. We, we snuck into a service, what was it, three weeks ago, a month ago? Father's Day, gosh, that's long. And so we, obviously, we, we didn't have enough, so we have to have more of our MPI family. Hallelujah. And um, Jean wanted me to give you a little update, and so I, I'm going to take my time just a little bit, because I know that once I give the mic back over to him, You're not getting it back. it's going to be I verse right after Watch verse out. after verse, so I'm going to tell some I, stories. I'm going to tell some stories, don't worry. Are you going to tell some stories? Yeah. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Honey. Amen. <laughs> We are now family we're gonna have here. Fun. Friends, I was um, MPI's first missionary, I believe. Uh, and yeah, amen. That you sent me to Mozambique. Joe and I uh, met each other at uh, School of Urban Missions down in New Orleans, and I had been serving there for five years. And then the Lord had given me a word to, to go to Mozambique, Africa. He, he gave me a beautiful vision of picking up a child who was dying. And that child became fat in my arms. And so I, I, I didn't, you know, have the fullness of, of how that was going to uh, uh, multiply. And, um, but I went in obedience as a single gal. Uh, all of 26, almost afraid of my own voice. You know, if you looked at me, I'd be like, ah, you know. So I've come a, a long way now. I, <laughs> I want to share that because sometimes you, uh, you're so honoring to put us on a pedestal. But friends, it's all level at the cross. And Amen. we look to you Amen. as our heroes. Ooh. The battle that you have been, my sister, the, I mean, with the whole world coming against you and how we can stand boldly for Jesus and say, bring it on. I will not bow. I will only bow to Jesus. We're all heroes here, <laughs> and so it's such a privilege, and, and I want to share a bit of our journey because I feel like it will it'll encourage each of us to take our unique place in the kingdom, Amen. you know? If we try to compare ourselves to anybody else, Don't do that. it's going to kill. Comparison kills. But when we compare ourselves to Jesus, then we're... Then we're you know, we're convicted and we know, wow, there's so much more for me. And yet we're also so encouraged because those blazing eyes of love recognize that me, little Tisa, little small town girl, has something to offer in this kingdom. Amen? And if we take our, our place, each one of us, oh, what God can do. And so he took Come my on. little life, you know. And, and he, he brought me, he, he, he sent me to Mozambique, Africa, where I served for a number of years. And then this guy, he shows up with a team. He was a team leader. He, he had 40 people on your team. And I'm the gal that goes to the airport and picks up the visitors and uh, brings them back to the ministry and keeps them, you know, involved in the ministry and keeps them alive. That's kind of, that was always my goal. You know, keep the visitors alive. <laughs> no blood today in Jesus' name, you know? It really was. And so, <laughs> that's funny. And when I met Gene as a team leader, uh, he instantly, he, he was very wise and he didn't say, you're my wife. But I knew she was the one but the moment I it saw it. It was implied. And the way he, he you know, just stared at She didn't at have me. the revelation right away of my I awesomeness. Thought, I thought, who it is this guy? It took her a while. <laughs> who is this guy? You know, he's like, he's so over the top. It really kind of put me off. And I actually went to a friend of ours, a mutual friend that had known Jean for years, and he had been serving also in Mozambique with me. So I went to Will Hart, and I said, who, does he do this? Does he, like, flip out over girls everywhere he goes, you know? And Will spoke right into my heart. He goes, you know what, Tisa? I've never seen Jean act like this, so maybe you should pay attention. Come on. Holy Ghost. And my heart instantly was like, isn't that what I've always prayed? Haven't I always <laughs> prayed that, that Jesus would send my Ooh. husband? He wouldn't be playing games. 
He would recognize who I am. He would know that I'm like no other in the world. And that I'm, yes. You're my beloved. But then I, I, I heard a lot of guys have a lot of talk, 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 talk. So I wanted to see, okay, you know, let's back this up. How radical is he, you know? So I started putting out feelers like being called to the Middle East just to see, you know? I'm not going to (laughs) say. She stretched the truth. Because technically I'd never received a call to the Middle East, but I wanted to see if he was radical enough to go. Let's, let's, you know? And, you know, long story short, yeah. the Lord revealed, obviously. We got married on 777 in Mozambique, Africa, on the beach. It was my dream wedding of Luke 14, where we were able to invite the poor. We invited everyone the, the to our lame, wedding feast. The blind, we gave them the special the place. The seats of the honor seats on, of the stage. Honor on the stage with us. Praying for them. And then... I was able to, in, in Portuguese, lead about 100 or 200 people to Jesus at our wedding in that crowd. How then awesome is that, we had a big that, feast. Huh? We had a big feast after. Everybody. 3,000. Yeah, because there was only about 1,000 people, 1,200 at the wedding. They all went home and grabbed a friend. <laughs> or two. <laughs> for the food. <laughs> but that, that, that's part of our story. And then we served in Mozambique until the day that... Um, we were asked to pray about going to South Africa, that there was a piece of land that was purchased and that um, our ministry wanted to pioneer uh, a new children's village. Jean instantly knew that it was the will of God. She didn't want to leave Mozambique. But I was like, no way. We're not leaving the Makua. This is an unreached people group. I mean, people, I, I had this concept that missionaries in South Africa were soft, you know, and like, I... I, 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 anywho, I wasn't leaving. And so what do you do when you're married and one of you has a word? Okay. And please, I am a submissive wife. Guys, I really am. But I used some wisdom. Let me interject. Okay. I fasted. I prayed. Still, she didn't get the word. Then I said, Lord, what am I to do? And he said, bring her there for a visit. And, and the reason if Jean would have said, honey, I have heard from God. I would have followed him everywhere, you know. I mean, I, 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 I lean into how God speaks to Gene, especially now that we have, you know, 13 years of watching how God really speaks to him. Uh, but at the time, um, I'm doing this. Married folks, wave at me. Wave at me. See? It's Even a little nugget folks. for you, okay? Uh, how much better is it when if God speaks to one, okay, then the other one is always going to be like, you know, God spoke to Jean, but when the battles come, don't you want both of you to know that you know that you know that, that you, you know, know that you know? And that you two are so together in those big decisions, like moving to another country. That's kind of big. So we went into kind of a pause. He gave me space to be able to hear from God. And then when we went to South Africa on our visit, and I saw that property with four houses, and it was a dream that never had a language, suddenly was crystal clear. We're going to fight for the family. We're going to fight for mothers and fathers to bring in the orphaned and the broken. We're going to pour in. We're going to do life. We're going to disciple families. And then when they're healthy and they're strong, we're going to send them back into the community to shine for Jesus. And that's what we did. So that was Michael's Children's Village, and we did it in a, we wanted to do it with our hands off of it. It, The goal always was to be able to get it self-sustaining and raise up beautiful, amazing South African leaders that would have the vision and take it to the next level. But nobody quite prepares you when that day comes. And you realize that now you have to take your hands off what you have poured a decade of your life into, that now you, you know, you're saying goodbye to where, this is where I had three kids. This is where I'm loved. This is where I'm honored. This is, you know, I can say something and it happens. And now I have to go and, do it all over again. 
I'm just being real with you. It, we we were struggled. actually looking to buy a house before we left. We never would have left South Africa. But our, our will is not the same as God's will. Amen. And God, to take us to the next level, said, now, let go of everything. Yeah. And, and, and watch what I do. And isn't that, you know, just like Peter, you know? <laughs> I like this boat. I, I worked hard for this boat, you know? And it's, now it's letting go of boat. all of it. And so... The Lord didn't reveal what was next to us. He didn't give us the instant answer that we have now that we're walking in. What he did say is, as you go, you will know. So, so that became our quote unquote mantra. As you go, you will know. So it's a walk mm -hmm. of faith. So we left South Africa and our beautiful family there, the family that has become more of a family to us then, yeah, you know, coming back to America, it, it's, it's, it, it's just, it's different. We, we love the community, um, uh, community heart that Africa carries. And, and yet we knew that to bring that to America is so vital in this hour too. And to obey him, you know, we have to obey. So he didn't give us the, the so when we came back last year, we, we came back was, for like four months, mm -hmm. but it was three months before we knew we were even going to move to Florida. Yep. And so he led us to Florida, and I believe that was just a season of rest and a season where we could reevaluate, okay, what we carry. We didn't have any kind of crisis of, on who we are in Jesus. No way. We know who we are in Jesus. But you do need to, every 10 years or so, ask the question, who am I now, Lord, going into this next season? Where do you need me to, 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 to really focus? Because people are asking us all the time, are you going you know, to pioneer another children's village? Our answer is probably not. I will not pass by a child in need. I'm going to stop for that one, and I'm going to, to take that one to those that are called in that area and anointed, and I'm going to partner with them. But he's given us a new call to be able to, to raise up end-time harvesters, and we have to be so focused there, and we're doing it right now. Amen? Amen. Right here. God has called this church. He's called you. If you're here, then, then you're part of the army, Amen. you know, to be able to shift Chicago to Jesus. You're part of this remnant that, that, that is crying out for his presence. So when the lost, you know, and here's just another thing, a little story here. In, in Africa, we would get phone calls about children. The abuse, I, I don't even want to go into words, it's so horrific. I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's everywhere. It, but specifically, the, the sexual torment that some of these kids had endured, the anger, the, the not being fed, the being told that they're the scapegoat of the family and all the sins of the family are upon them, the, the fact that they, they, they wouldn't eat for days unless a neighbor gave them food. Guys... It was real, and this child would come to us. And if we think, oh, it's going to be great, it was messy. messy, and it was hard, and kids would steal, and they would bite. And I mean, we're dealing with HIV here, okay? So when kids are biting, this is not good, okay? <laughs> and yet, we had to create an environment where they were home, and they were family. And that we didn't say, in your pain, it's okay. Go ahead, wreck the house. You know where I'm going right now, right? There's, there's a lot of pain on those streets. In the world, the narrative says, go riot, let's be heard. And we all know that that is foolishness. 
So that baby, those children, we had to, to get them into the presence of God. Because if they could encounter Jesus, we know that the orphan spirit would be broken off. That, that healing would be taking place. Sometimes it was instant. I watched several kids. I watched one little guy. He came in and he was so scared. He had been beaten, f- no food. He came in and the kids, our, our, our South African kids are bringing him food. They, they, one girl ran and made him a sandwich. You know, the other kids are bringing him and showing him the toys and everything. And I watched him. I watched him. He was like, what? This is awesome. Like I, I watched him realize that there's going to be enough food to eat. That there's toys. There's there. I, I get to sleep in that bed. It's going to be all mine. And I watched it instantly. But do you know what? I watched other kids that just you know with their anger and their fear and all their pain fight everything that we did. But love overcomes. Amen. And every time. Every time. And believe me, I'm not saying that we weren't, uh, you know, sometimes we faced some battles, you know? And we made some mistakes. I, yeah. But it's that, 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 that faith, walking by faith and not by sight. And sometimes, you know, calling forth what we didn't see in a child and saying, no, you will be healed. What you just did was absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> and trying to come up with, you know, genius ways of, of getting through to them, you know. One of our house mothers, uh, the kids were just vomiting in their words, you know. Oh, and I'm just, you know, I have to do everything around here. And you always make me clean. And so she went and got a big old trash um, can. And she came and she just dumped it right there in front of them. She was like, that's what your words are doing right now. Now clean it up. <laughs> I was like, go. That was awesome. And the kids were like, oh, she's kind of right, you know? And, and anywho, so it, it was never pretty. But guys, that's, that's, we are the family of God. And we, as we cry out for his presence and as we cry out for him, the lost and the hurting, has a place to come. Amen? And so that is our, 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 our heart's cry. And, 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 and we've just yielded our lives. We're no one special. We're not. We've just said yes to him. And, and, and we've refused to, 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 to try to dress it up or, or try to impress. We just keep it what it is. I'm just a little lady who loves Jesus, and I'm going to obey every step that he gives me. And when we came back to America, we didn't know what was next. And so we went to Florida. We were resting. We were just uh, sitting before him and asking God, okay. And he gave us that, that mandate. Now we're training end-time missionaries. Well, where, Lord? Is it here in America? And the Lord brought me back to something he had showed me years before, that there would be this end time um, wave of missionaries. One wave was coming from Brazil and from Argentina. And that's happening right now, guys. And I asked the Lord, are we supposed to be a part of that? And I felt like he said no. And then I saw another wave, and it was coming from the Philippines, from Eastern Asia, maybe Thailand, Malaysia, all of those, maybe Japan, Sri Lanka. Uh, and, and I asked the Lord, can we be a part of that? And he said yes. And so this time, I knew. <laughs> I knew that the Lord was sending us to, to, to the Philippines. I should have known. But I didn't. But he didn't. So we, we felt at the beginning of the year to send Jean to the Philippines in uh, February. And the Lord gave us the dates, too, and how, how important it was because if we would have delayed just one week. Even the direction. I went via Dubai. I didn't go via the West Coast through Taipei or Hong Kong. Had I done that, I wouldn't have even gotten into the Philippines. 
And so, and as he went and he was there in the Philippines, the Lord confirmed to him. Yeah, it became very clear that the Lord had set us up by sending us to Florida. Who moves to Florida in the middle of July? It's so ridiculously hot there. He was preparing. And then we had been here for three weeks before in this crazy Chicago traffic. Then I get to Manila. Multiply it times five. <laughs> Multiply your Chicago traffic times five. It's 12 ridiculous. million people in a very small area. And I've always told the Lord, I don't want to move to the city. I hate the city. I've since had to repent. Yes. So that's, that's a bit of the, the journey, the update, and the fact that now we know. We know that the Lord is sending us at, to the hub. Our hub will be Manila, but we're going to be obviously going into other nations in Southeast Asia. And he's just keeping it so simple. He says, train and time harvester. So wherever there's an open door there, wherever we can get three, five, 10, 20 pastors together, we're not going to put our resources into getting a building or building a ministry. We're just going to go low, go slow. God, bring us the right people. We're going to pour into them. The, the Filipino um, people are, oh, are so, beautiful. so hungry for God. And just an amazing work has already been happening for decades. And so to be able to come alongside these heroes that are already there and be able to just see God do what he does best when our lives are just yielded to him. When we just say yes. Amen. 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 Thank you, honey. You good? All right. I got a mic here. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm going to pray. It's always good to pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. Heavenly Father, I ask for the prophetic anointing on the spoken word. I ask that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to the church, to your people today. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So as Tisa was sharing, um, I went to the Philippines. And when I went... And, and I even shared, you know, I, I should have known God was setting us up. I mean, I didn't see it right away. And I went to the Philippines, and it was a little bit, to me, it was overwhelming. I mean, it was just too much. I'm a little country boy from a little town in Newport, Vermont, of about 4,000 people. So I was always afraid to go to the city. I mean, even, even growing up, even after being a Christian for five years, I was bound by a spirit of fear. Fear of man, fear of speaking in front of people, fear of big cities. I lived only two hours away from New York City and I never went there until 2002. So I lived in Vermont, Massachusetts, and Connecticut, but never went to big cities. And so in 2002, the Lord sorted me out. He sent me, I went on my first missions trip, and that was to Manila in the Philippines, and then we went to another island. So he sends me to Manila. My second missions trip in 2003 was to Johannesburg, South Africa, one of the highest crime cities in the world. And then the third place he sends me to is Sao Paulo, Brazil. Another huge city in the top three in the world. And there's ridiculous crime there. So, you know, when you have fears or God wants to bring you somewhere, he, he gives you a test. You can't have a testimony until you have a test. Amen? Amen. So I had to overcome fear. And, and the reality is... Until 1995, fear dictated how I lived because my identity, identity wasn't firmly established in Christ, which it needs to be founded in here, in him. And so fear, what people said to me, 
What people said about me always dictated what I did or didn't do. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and the sound mind. It's what the Bible says. Fear is not from God. The word of God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So I just want to deal with this elephant in the room right away. Fear is not from God. Friends, we are in a war. There is a battle for America right now going on. There's fear, there's murder, there's violence, there's hate, there's discord. These are not from God. We have an enemy. He's real. He's coming to steal, to kill, and destroy. But what did Jesus say? I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Abundant life is found in Jesus Christ in him alone. It's found in Jesus. Hallelujah. So fear, if you're struggling, maybe you're watching this, or maybe you're in here and you're struggling with fear, we're going to pray for you. We're going to open up the altars after, and we're going to pray for you. I remember all the stuff and the nonsense that's going on here used to happen to us in South Africa once or twice a year. They called it a toy toy. They would have demonstrations. They would light tires on fire in the road. They would break glass all over the road. They would light all the woods. Mobs of people would come in the neighborhood. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't leave your house. Once or twice a year. Every single year. You could not leave your house. So one time they had one, and we're having a Bible school. The Bible school is right around the corner from my house. I said, well, we're going to have class. I mean, why wouldn't we have class? Everybody's here. The students are here. They're staying. So I had a class that day. I remember. It was like I was banging my head against the wall. Nobody could get anything because there was so much fear in the room. That spirit of fear took over the atmosphere of the entire community. It was ridiculous. My wife and I are yelling at each other. My kids are fighting. The workers at the children's village, they had three sets of twins. All their kids were fighting. That spirit took over the atmosphere. And after we figured it out, we said, wait a second. This is not us. Let's put some worship music on and let's start praising the name of Jesus. And that spirit of fear just left. It was dispelled. Praise. What did Israel do when they went to battle? Judah went first. Praise must go forth first. Praise is a weapon. So we tried that classroom. We tried to praise. And still, I'm like, if you're afraid to die, we'll deal with that right now. We need to die. We need to die to ourselves. If we're going to be his disciple, what did Jesus say in Matthew 16, 24? If you want to be my disciple, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Deny yourself. It's not about you. Take up your cross. That speaks of death. And follow Jesus. Follow him. I'm, the, the class, we cannot die. If you've been born again and born from above, guess what? We live forever. To know him is eternal life. John 17, 3. Eternal life is found in him. We get to live forever with him. You might be able to kill this flesh, earthly body, and I don't want to go. I have a beautiful wife and three beautiful girls. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of COVID. You know what I say to COVID? I'm like John G. Lake, bring COVID here now. 
put it on my hand and watch it die. COVID has no power over me. Fear doesn't have power over me anymore. Greater is he who lives in you than he that lives in the world. Come on. Why are we walking in fear and letting this spirit that's taking over the atmosphere try to dictate what we do? They're trying to silence us. They're trying to keep us from gathering. We got to say thus far and no more. No more. The saints of God got to gather and praise him. The reason what's happening in America today, in the cities today, is because the churches are not gathering. If you're listening and you're watching, you need to gather with your church. You need to open up your church. Light dispels darkness every single time. If one puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight, how much greater when fifty or a hundred of us gather together? The darkness in Chicago's got to flee. Light overcomes darkness every single time. Every time light overcomes darkness. And that light's in us. Oh, I'm a little bit fired up. I was calm the first service, but I'm a little bit fired off. I'm tired of it. And then you get these Christians that quote us Romans 13. I'm sick of that. What about the book of Acts? What about Acts 4? What about Acts 5? Read the entire Bible. Those that are watching, read the entire Bible. I know you guys here know. Peter and John said, well, whether we should follow you or God, I think we're going to follow God. We're going to follow him. What did they do? They locked him up in prison. He said, don't preach in the name of Jesus. So what did they do when they got out? They started preaching in the name of Jesus. Why do you think they're putting a mask on us? They don't want us to preach. Why do you think they're saying no singing in California in the churches? Because they know praise is a weapon. We are in a war, friends. It's time to take up our armor. It's time to go into battle. And this is our weapon right here. It's the word of God. It's alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, even the thoughts and the intents of people's hearts. Every time we read it, we sharpen the sword so we can cut off the head of the enemy and silence his lies, his lies. There is so much nonsense out there, so many lies being spoken. We need to know the truth. Jesus is the only way. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way to the Father. The way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son, Jesus. There isn't another way. And guess what? He lives in you. He lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery has, Paul said, the mystery has been revealed to his saints. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Several weeks ago, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he said something. He said, heaven has an answer. Heaven has an answer, and it haunted me. We were talking about what was going on in America. And he said, heaven has an answer. And it, I was like, Lord, what is that answer? And days, I would get up early, wait on the Lord. I'd go on prayer walks. 
I try to pray one to three hours a day in the Holy Ghost. I got to get out of my mind and I need to get the mind of Christ. I got to, you, and we all need to. We need to turn off our TVs, turn off the social media, and get the mind of Christ. Hear what he has to say. Hear what his word has to say. We need to have his mind in this day and this hour. We, the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. We have to be men and women of the spirit, guided by the spirit, walking in the spirit, full of the spirit. I tell you what, I'm walking in the overflow all the time now. All the time flowing out. Of, the scripture says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Wherever I go, I know the river is flowing and it's touching people whether they know it or not. We have to know who we are in Christ. Our identity must be firmly established in Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. What he did at the cross for us. It's not in what we do. Not in our jobs, but it's found in what Jesus already did for us. He paid the price. When he said it is finished, nothing more needed to be done. It is finished. He established a new covenant, a new order. There needs to be no more sacrifice for sins. He offered it once and for all. Now we stand. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's in him we live and move and have our being. It's all in him. It's in Christ. Hallelujah. We can't fear what's going on. Heaven has an answer. And so I'm going for my walk. And I'm Lord. You said heaven has an answer. What's the answer? If I heard heaven has an answer, I want to know what the answer is. Amen. What's the answer? And you know what he said to me? He said, I am. I am. I am. The I am of the Old Testament, the I am that led Moses and the Israelites out of Egypt is the answer. I am the answer. And then he said, and I live in you. He's the answer. And he lives in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Guess where I'm going with this? Therefore, who's the answer? You all are the answer. If Christ lives in you and you've been born again from above, you've been born of the Spirit, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the answer lives inside of you. Greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead out of the grave lives inside of you. That's what the Bible says. I'm telling you, we just need to read the word of God. If we read the word of God and actually believed the word of God. We talked about this at the gathering group. Who is there from the gathering? We talked about it, right? We actually have to believe what the word of God says. Woo, nothing will stop us. We're here to advance the kingdom of God. We know Jesus came to forgive our sins. We all know that. He came to reconcile us to the Father. But it's more than that. He came to establish his father's kingdom on the earth. It's why Jesus came to establish the father's kingdom. He came to bring his kingdom. Why do you think he taught his disciples how to pray? Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He came to establish his father's kingdom right here on the earth as it is in heaven. And 2,000 years ago, there was a guy on the scene. His name was John the Baptist. He came with a message. Repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Bible says he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The king is coming. That Greek word for repent is metanoia. It literally means change the way you think. If you're walking in this direction, do an about face and walk in the other direction. He was speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people of his day. And he had a message. Repent. Change the way you think. Stop with your unbelief and start believing. There's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He's the one the prophets prophesied about. He's the Messiah. He's the chosen one. And you don't believe because they were expecting an earthly kingdom where he would rule from an earthly throne. But he has a superior kingdom, folks. A superior kingdom. The government of heaven supersedes every government in every country in this world. And guess what? Luke says the kingdom of God, it's within you. It's not low there or low there, but the kingdom of God is in you. So wherever we go, if we've made Jesus king and Lord of our life, if we've invited him in our heart, we bring the kingdom with us. We bring the king with us. He rules and he reigns in us and through us. It goes back to the beginning in Genesis. He, if you can flip to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. We were created in the image of God. We were created in the likeness of God. And we were created to have dominion over the fish, over the birds, over the cattle, over all the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Speaks of ruling and reigning with him. Friends, we are a governmental people. We were created to rule and reign with him. With Jesus, our king. Over all the earth. Over every kingdom, every government on the earth. Why do you think there's such an attack here in America? They're trying to bring in socialism and Marxism because they know that the church. Why do you think they're persecuting the church? Because they know the enemy knows, folks. It's time to wake up. The enemy knows his time is short. The kingdom is at hand. If it was at hand 2,000 years ago, how much more is it at hand right now? And Jesus came in chapter 4, in verse 17, he said the same thing as John the Baptist. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right now. Right now. It's at hand. And we are in a war. And heaven has an answer. The answer is Jesus. And he lives in you. Therefore, you are the answer. You are the answer. There's a lost and dying world out there that doesn't know Jesus. They're hopeless. They're afraid. They don't know. They don't have the answer. They don't have the answer. But you have the answer. It's Jesus is the answer. His word is the answer. This is the only absolute truth. I cannot watch the news anymore. I don't care Fox or any news. The only absolute truth I know, it's the word of God. It's the word of God. You know, the gift I believe that is most needed today, it's the discerning of spirits. We need the gift of discerning of spirits. Father, give us discerning of spirits in this day and this hour that we might be able to rightly divide what's true and what's not. There's a new thing now. I just was listening to one of my, my former colleagues from Bible school. I watched his live feed. Um, he's talking about something called CGI. 
And I was like, CGI, what's that? It is computer-generated imaging. And so they can take messages. They could take, like, all of Joe's messages. They can computer-generate something that's totally false. That's the days we're coming to, folks. That's the days we're coming to now. And the persecution is just beginning. The shaking that's going on now, this is just the beginning. There's going to be a whole lot more shaking going on. Until the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And how's that going to happen? It's going to happen through you and I, the people of God, the saints of God who know their God. That's how it's going to happen. We need to be people of the word of God, but we need the Holy Spirit also, the word and the spirit. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. These are the best days ever to be alive. I'm telling you. We need to know him and all that, they ha all that he has for us. You know, what did Jesus say of John the Baptist? Here's a good one. Luke 7, 28. This is what Jesus said about John the Baptist. Now understand, John the Baptist was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He wasn't in a church building. He wasn't in the synagogue. He was on the streets. He was in the wilderness. He was on the streets of Chicago saying, hey, get ready. Wake up. There's one coming. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right now. John was the voice of one, and I believe God is speaking to his people in this day, in this hour, all around the world. Those that will set themselves apart, sit at his feet, and wait on him. He is speaking to his sons and his daughters. And if we'll have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, I'm telling you, the last verse of Obadiah, it talks about, and deliverers will go forth. We are the chosen deliverers for this day and this hour. Let me tell you how it is. In the days of Moses, what happened in the days of Moses? They were killing the babies. They had to put Moses in the basket and hide him. Right? We know, we know the story. What happened when Jesus came? Herod heard something. Oh, Messiah's one's coming. So he got the Magi. Well, go bring gifts to him and then tell me where he is. Right? Then he killed all the babies. What happened in the early 70s? 72, Roe versus Wade. They're killing the babies again. What does that mean? What does that mean? You are that chosen generation. It's a corporate son. It's a corporate son. We are his chosen deliverers. He's the head. We're the body. We are the body of Christ. If we'll align ourselves with the head, woo, nothing will be impossible with him if we believe. We're his chosen deliverers. Why do you think they're trying to kill the seed? They're killing the babies. It's because the enemy knows. The enemy knows he's trying to abort the seed before it comes to fruition. Before the people of God and the saints of God recognize who they are in him. He's trying to kill it before. It's a corporate son. Jesus said, greater works shall you do because I go to the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to, the brother said it, I'm going to send the comforter and he will empower you to do those works. So the works that Jesus did in one person, he's going to do in a corporate son who knows him. It's a many-membered body. It's not just the preacher or the elders. It's the entire body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. We're going to do mighty exploits for him. Woo! Come on. Somebody should be getting excited. 
It's a corporate son. Yet they have the voice of one. But what happened to John the Baptist? What happened? He lost his head. So we could get the head of Christ. We need the mind of Christ. But why did John lose his head? He came against Herod. He came against the ruling and governing authorities of the day. And I got him put in prison. What's going on today? Come on. You stand up for truth and righteousness. That's why what happened here happened. Because you're standing up for truth and righteousness. He lost his head. Of course, if you stand for truth and righteousness, there's going to be persecution. Jesus told us that in John 16, He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. Woo! He overcame the world. Sin. He overcame death. The last enemy to be defeated is death. He overcame death. We just need to believe. To know him, to know the Father is eternal life. Friends, there's no better day to be alive than right now. I'm telling you, if we're having some challenges... Call brothers, call your brothers and sisters, pray, encourage one another. You know, one of the things that happened when I went to the Philippines this year is the Lord gave me a life verse. He said, this is who you are, and this is what I want you to do. And it's found in the Passion Translation of Luke twenty-two, thirty-two, and it's Jesus talking to Peter, and he says to Peter, he says, after you have been restored, in the Passion Translation, at the very end, he says, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. It has to be, we have to be encouraging one another, even that much more as we see the day approaching. We need to encourage one another. I'm telling you, life and death are in the power of the tongue. We need to be watching our words. We need to be speaking life. 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 Not death. Honestly, when it first came out, the whole coronavirus, and I was watching the news, it was a little bit, it was a little bit overwhelming. It was all bad news. But I got good news. Jesus is alive, and he lives in you. And he who knew no sin became sin, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you, you shall refute, you shall condemn. Because this is the heritage of the saints of the Lord. That's you and I, folks. Heaven has an answer. His name is Jesus, and he lives in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the answer for this lost and dying world. Revelation 5.10 says he's made us to be kings and priests. Kings and priests, that means ruling and reigning. Kings, ruling and reigning. Priests, ministering unto him who sits on the throne. Interceding, praying for our nation. And then, as a king, we're seated with him. Ephesians 2, 6, we're seated together with him in the heavenly places. Together with him. Seated. That's a place of ruling and reigning and having dominion. Come on. There's a scripture. I have so many scriptures here. I'm, I'm glad I didn't follow my notes this message. So much better when I don't follow the notes. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. He's given us the earth. The devil has been ruling the earth for too long. 
The kingdom is at hand right now. It's time that the saints of God begin to rule and to reign and have dominion. Bring the government of God, the government of heaven to the earth. Isaiah said it in chapter 9 verse 7. He said of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The government of God is increasing. The peace of God is increasing. I don't care how much the darkness is. I don't care how much violence is going on. We need to be the light in the midst of the darkness and dispel the darkness in Jesus' name. That is why the churches must gather to shine the light and dispel the darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Guess what? That means you're the light of the world if he lives in you. And where the light is, there can't be any darkness. Man, my wife's going to come up for your gathering with, with Bev and Edme. We're, we're excited. I, I call them the two witnesses. The two witnesses. Come on. That's exciting. People will stand for truth, not afraid to go to jail, not afraid what will happen. Man, I bless them. I pray for them. Lord, protect them wherever they go. We need more people like that, people that are bold, with no fear, that know God. Woo, friends, I'm excited, as you can tell. There's no better time to be alive than right now. The kingdom, think about it. If the kingdom was at hand 2,000 years ago, John the Baptist said it and Jesus said it. How much more right now? How much more right now? Ooh. Can the worship team come up? I'm just looking at the time. Oh, I got a little carried away. Can the worship team? I didn't get carried away. Holy Ghost. Woo! Hallelujah. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus said in John 18, 36, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of this world. My servants would fight. Hello. So that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. The kingdom that I'm talking about this morning is the government of God. It's where the king is on the throne. Is he on the throne of your heart today? Is he the ruling and reigning entity in your heart? Is he king? Is he Lord? Is he Savior? Is he just Savior and not Lord? Is there areas of your heart that you need to surrender to him? Is there stuff Holy Spirit's been telling you you need to deal with? If that's the case, you need to just come to the altar right now. If you're watching, you just need to repent. And you need to change the way you think. You need to ask the Lord for forgiveness. And say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know this God who this crazy bald preacher is talking about. The kingdom of God is within you. When Christ is king, when he's Lord. Not just savior. It's not about getting a ticket and going to heaven. I know you all here, you know that. But maybe there's people watching that don't know that. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. It's about inviting him into your heart, making him Lord and Savior. It's about talking to him. It's about fellowshipping with him. It's about becoming his disciple. It's about denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following him. It's about joining a church, a body of Christ that preaches the truth of the word of God. And building one another up. All the more as we see the day approaching. Friends. Today is the day of salvation. Right now. Invite him in your heart. Fear will go in Jesus' name. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I'm, I confess I have fear.
fear. Father, take this fear from me. I shared with you in the beginning. I struggled with fear for so many years until I had an encounter with God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to call up the altar workers and my wife to come up, please. We're going to open up the altars for prayer now. You need healing for your body? Come forward. Part of the kingdom is, Jesus said it in Matthew 10, 7 and 8. He said, as you go, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. So there's healing in the kingdom. If you need healing for your body, come forward. If you want to know Jesus in a deeper, more intimate way, come forward. If you have a call to the nation and you feel like God is calling you to the nation, come and my wife will pray for you if that's the call. But anyone that needs a touch from God, whatever it is, maybe you need a prophetic word, maybe you need a word of encouragement, come. These altars are open. The king is here. He lives in you. Friends, we have the answer. It's Jesus. People are dying. Hopelessness is abounding. We have the answer, and his name is Jesus. Let's worship the king. Let's worship the king. Let's worship the king.